Welcome to Build Your Own Funnel, the podcast where we inbound marketers teach you remodelers how to build your own inbound marketing and sales funnel. On this podcast, we are never shy about diving into the weeds and giving concrete examples of campaigns that we have seen and run that have worked boosting sales for remodelers like yourself. I'm your co-host, Malachi Price, Builder Funnel's inbound marketing consultant. And today I am joined by Builder Funnel president and co-host, Danielle Russell, and our junior marketing consultant and DJ, Matt Ehrlich. Monkey? <laughs> One of the cornerstones of inbound marketing, uh, probably my favorite part of it, is blogs, writing a good blog. It turns out it's a lot harder than it seems. Um, you can't just throw it in an AI generator, say write a blog, and get a decent blog. We need humans involved for that too. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Um, so, on the podcast today, we have one of our internal Builder Funnel writers, Charlie, and they're going to tell us about how to, from, from start to finish, write a good blog. Charlie, what are you drinking today? Water. Just plain old water. It's early. Yes. I'll get into the good stuff later. Oh, right. After, after five o'clock? Yeah. Around there. Around then. Matt, what are you drinking? Uh, nothing. I finished my coffee. What? You can't drink nothing? How are we supposed to do this? Do we have what to start over? What podcast are you on, Matt? Yeah, what on earth is going on here? I'll grab a water. <sighs> An agua. This guy. Danielle, what do you got? I got a nice blood orange and black raspberry San Pellegrino. That sounds really good. Also, Matt, you need to take that sound effect off the board. I don't ever <laughs> want to hear it again. There's more than one. Retire that one. Yes, please. I am drinking, I have a question for you guys. I'm drinking Vita Coco pressed coconut water. Does anyone know what it means that it's pressed? Because I've tasted the difference between the two, and I, I couldn't. Uh, it's the same damn thing, I think. Is it pressed instead of um, like pulverized? Maybe. What what does what does pulverized mean? You like know, in like... A, a blender, kind of. Okay, and then pressed as in like. Smushed. Huh. You, you I'm see, just guessing. That... Yeah, I mean that's a solid guess. Um, yeah, but the annoying thing, I'm, we're not sponsored by Vitacoco. I do hope they send me some drinks, but if they're listening, something you guys need to fix is that the cap of these keep just falling off. So now I just have just like a hole in the top of a piece of cardboard. I'll take a drink and it's just like dripping down my chin. It's been <clears> tampered <throat> with. That's why there's no cap on it. You're being poisoned. Ah, that explains how I feel today. Okay. Let's talk about blogs. Um, where to start with blogs is pretty funny because it doesn't actually start with writing the blog. So Charlie, where does it begin? Yeah, there's a lot that goes into the back of the house of it. It's, uh, we start with the CEO, I'm sorry, the SEO wow. and, um, <laughs> understanding, uh, where else the blog is going to lead the reader, like oh, different pages on the website. Um, also who the client is who their readers are going to be, where they're located, you know, lots of those types of things to consider. 
Okay. Okay. So that is a collaborative effort between you and other members of our team. Yes. You take that SEO and how is it exactly that you use it in the writing? I feel like something that not everyone understands is like, okay, I have these keywords, but now what? Like, what do you do with the keywords? Yeah. So it's kind of like connect the dots, but with sentences, um, we need to use the keywords. It's going to drive what we research, um, what might be included as like a subheading, um, what the what people are searching online. So it, it guides what we're going to write based on what people want to know. Okay. In, in a more pragmatic sense, where exactly do you put the keywords? Everywhere. Beginning Everywhere. to end. Titles, yeah, outro, the body. <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> okay. Um, here's the thing, though. The uh, keyword stuffing is a thing um, <laughs> and is bad. I, I would love, actually, first of all, for you to talk about keyword stuffing, like what it is, why it's bad. But also, I feel like when people hear use the keywords everywhere, the way that they might intuitively use it is, well, I'm just going to stuff them everywhere. And then it becomes keyword stuffing as opposed to writing a good blog. So what is keyword stuffing and how, are we, how do you not do that? Well, Danny could talk more um, insightfully about what keyword stuffing is because I've never actually done it. It's kind of more of a... Yeah, it's uh it's it's kind of it takes a lot of creativity and it's more of like speaks to the art form of writing where it has to sound organic, it needs to sound like regular speech. So it might not be verbatim, but you are gonna use a lot of the sort of good meat of the keywords to, you know, get that sort of traction. Okay. Um Yeah, back in my day when like 12 to 15 years ago when I started working in digital marketing you could build a website that was basically just like a pdf and have keywords hidden within this like background image that people would use so it wasn't coded the way websites are now that's why one of the main abcs of seo's architecture of your website that's the a that's the first and foremost important thing when it comes to seo and ranking uh, but back in my day, wasn't a thing. You could literally just put keywords anywhere, even if people couldn't see them, and your website would rank better because of it. Naturally, search results did not correlate with the amount of keywords, so it wasn't like that was a good search result. And Google's business model is that they actually want to deliver good search results for the person who is searching, because they're more likely to click ads, et cetera, use Google. Um, so things have changed drastically. And like Charlie said, I love the way you described that it's like connecting the dots because mm -hmm. when I first started, there could be dots everywhere and nothing had to be connected. It was just dot vomit. And now they have to be connected in order for uh, it to mean anything. The um, I feel like I need to let the listeners know because they can't see us that that wasn't one of us that did that burp. Whenever you hear those disgusting sounds, that's Matt. And also, it's from a soundboard. I swear we're not that gross. Only Matt is. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's, I, 
I kind of miss the days where you could do marketing without actually having to think very hard. I like the practice of um, just throwing all the keywords just re over and over again and having the text be in white and then the background be in white so that people don't even see that. But I'm glad that's not a thing anymore. To be very clear, people who are listening, you can't do that anymore. It will have the opposite effect. It will make you look really bad. Google has changed since then and doesn't like that crap. Now, Charlie, so far we haven't even gotten to the the actual writing part, really. We uh, we talked about uh, SEO. Um, we talked about the keywords that we're going to be using, but now we're going to start writing. So what does the architecture of a blog look like and what are the kind of best practices to be mindful of? Yeah, so next up is going to be tapping into your like go-to resources and a lot of research, um, depending on that blog topic, of course. So research could be, you know, for a cost blog, it could be sort of like a local hotspots to visit for a restaurant. It could be the different trends um, that, you know, are hot right now in interior design, paint color, you know, things like that, uh, mm -hmm. architectural styles. And so once we gather enough information where we feel like we can speak confidently about it, then we could start to sort of flesh out, you know, what may have started as an outline, what may have just started as a list. Um, things that take a lot more research are going to be the hyper-technical stuff, you know, building methods, um, local ordinances, you know, things like that if you're working with a historic home. So it's, for those blogs, it takes a lot of educating ourselves first so then we could um, kind of put it in a nice, neat, little, easy, readable package that's concise and we sound educated on that topic. So those types of things are going to take a lot more sort of self-education than like a, a trend blog or something that lists, you know, the cool spots in town. Okay. And better yet, even more stuff that you do before writing that isn't even writing, research, a whole yeah. bunch of research, irrelevant. Um, but if we're looking at a blog, like visualizing it, mm -hmm. like how, how are we coming up with the title? What is the intro paragraph doing for us? Um, how do we end the blog? Yeah, okay, so now we can finally get to the writing part of it. Um, titles are gonna pertain to like, of course, what's the subject matter and um, who is the reader? You know, the different words that are included in a title um, could, you know, appeal to a reader's intellectual side. It could appeal to their emotional side. You know, if they're trying to make a hard decision, um, then you wanna like make them feel comforted right away with just answering their question sort of in the title or letting them know you're gonna answer their question right away. Um, when we start actually writing the blog, you know, you start with your intro, short and sweet, let them know like, hey, we hear you, we got your answer. Mm -hmm. um, if you keep reading, um, sometimes you want to kind of tease what the actual answer is going to be so that they want to know more and keep reading and stay on the page. Um, something else that goes into the writing of it is like not making it too complicated, not making it too technical or jargony and sort of, again, appealing to whatever side of that reader you're trying to appeal to. Giving them information, making them feel like they're making a confident decision, um, letting them, you know, giving them information to let them be like, 
ultimately prepared for whenever they're finally ready to jump in to talking to different um, contractors to get their project going, things like that. Okay. Um, talking about the very end of the blog, yes. I'm, I'm kind of, this is kind of a leading question here because there's a specific, there's a spe specific answer that I'm looking for that maybe is more in the realm of what happens after your blog is actually put into uh, the content. But the, the very end of the blog, what's going on down there? Yeah, so that's where, that's where you want to tell them what to do next. Um, mm. You want to lead them into the next step. And it could be, you know, learning more about the company by clicking the link. It could be, um, you know, giving them some insight about like what they uh, could expect from working with a particular company. You know, you want to let them know that, you know, this particular company is trustworthy. They collaborate. They, you know, keep you at the center of the process. And then at the very end, you're going to tell them, contact us because you want them to contact you. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great way to put it. Basically a call to action at the end, a CTA exactly. of some kind, because the blog itself is probably maybe shouldn't be about why they should work with you specifically. You're giving them value. Uh, they found you organically because they were searching for the question that the blog is answering. And that question wasn't, why should I work with, you know, blank remodeling? It was like, you know, when do I have to replace my deck? Or how often should I remodel my kitchen? Whatever it may be. So the blog, you answer that question. And then at the bottom, that's where you give them the next steps where you're like, here's what you should do next. Maybe talk to us. We can answer your other questions. Or... Maybe it's just that there's another blog or piece of content that you are linking them to so they can continue working through uh, just like spending time on your website and engaging with your content, learning more. I realize I'm on a soapbox about this right now, but the reason I think this is important is because when you end a blog, you shouldn't just be like, and that's it. Uh, see ya, because then they'll leave. You want them to engage more with your content, so tell them to. Not in a forceful way, but in like a helpful way. Now, Chuck, talking about tone in blogs, talking about, I don't know, I feel like people can assume once you know what the topic is, just write it like everyone else. But really, you have your own voice, or you should, and you have to capture that voice. So I'm curious, because the way we do things at Builder Funnel, um, you have certain clients that you work for as opposed to just writing for a little bit of everyone. And what difference do you think that makes for you? Yeah, so every client does have their own voice. Um, it's sort of like a spectrum of voices. You have the super casual that wants to, you know, kind of insert some jokes to make it very light reading all the way to clients that really want to stick to like educational heavy stuff. Um, you know, the trick is getting to know the client than their clients to know the kind of audience that you're speaking to. Um, you know, some clients want you to stay away from jargon while others want, you know, to sound as educated as possible to give clients or their clients, customers, the right uh, verbiage to use so that whenever they're dealing with the contractor, you know, they're not left in the dark whenever they start to use, you know, sort of technical heavy words, um, you know, they're 
their customers coming in with the most education possible. Hmm. What do you think, Danny? About yeah. which part? I just feel like I've been talking the whole time, or I've been asking questions the whole time, so I'm just pitching it over to you, putting you on you the have. I have a fun question for Charlie. What's your biggest pet peeve when it comes to these blogs? Yeah, that's a good You one. can give us a couple if you want. We got to have some fun. Our persona on BYOF is fun. I feel like you already know this answer. So it's the costs. Um, mm. We love to give readers information about costs. Um, if we don't give it to them in our blogs, our clients' blogs, they're going to look for it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, it builds trust. And even if we do communicate to them, you know, these costs can be different than your specific custom project. They want to know them. So for each client, our clients, um, you know, we have to communicate costs and those can be really difficult to find, um, particularly for clients that may serve a higher end customer base, um, you know, things that we might find online or different databases. It might not be an accurate portrayal of what they would charge. So those things can be really tricky when we have to find them on our own, um, you know, to be accurate, to really reflect our clients properly. That's probably my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is something that's usually helpful for you is to hear a cost range directly from whoever you're writing this cost blog for, but Absolutely. also uh, what we call sales enablement or being able to say like, hey, a really common uh, not upsell. I'm sure there's the, a better way to phrase this that Charlie, you can correct me, but just recommending some ways that like, Hey, if you're going for a more upscale or the higher end of this range, here's some common things that you might include in your kitchen renovation. And then you can add those and anchor the price even higher than. So when someone's doing their research, just like you were saying earlier, that having some of that like technical voice and being able to use really um, specific phrases around design build remodeling, for example, you're also teaching people how to buy from you when you do that. So someone could say like, hey, I read this blog and I, uh, I understand that it's going to cost more maybe, but I'm really interested in learning more about this like uh, waterfall kitchen island. I don't know. You know what I mean? You're, you're being, you're being helpful and educating our clients, customer on how to buy from them. And if we can get accurate pricing, but also accurate details that might increase that pricing so we can help be very transparent on why the price may be higher than someone read in a blog. Because I think that's usually, that's usually the fear, right? Is either that like someone's going to read the blog and be like, without context, that's so high, I would never spend that much. Or the other fear we hear occasionally when it comes to talking about cost is that a competitor is going to go read their blog and then just like undercharge slightly below that, which is no one does that, just so you know, like no one's going to do that in design builder modeling. Um, and if someone is shopping bids, then they're they're not for you anyway, right? That's not your target audience. Yeah. So no. yeah, yeah. Um, what else is really helpful information for you as a writer to take and make someone's content the best it can be. Yeah, so speaking to your point about like giving prices and then um, 
kind of giving it some sort of a character like high-end luxury upscale and then kind of using the trend blogs that we would write for that particular client um, and including those in the descriptions. Like you said, the waterfall islands, the slab backslash, custom ceramic tile work in the bathroom, you know, things like that that could kind of push the um, push the price range, price range a little bit higher. So, you know, knowing the trends that the client is seeing in their area or the ones that they're customer base typically go for um, helps to inform both their trend blogs and then also the cost blogs so that we can use those little details that they would put into a project to kind of shape um, the language, shape the costs. And then of course those trend blogs uh, would feed into that as well. I wanna move into like a short lightning round of questions. This'll be more fun, I think. Charlie, I want to know what is the most common type of blog you write? And I feel like I already know the answer. You do? Because I don't. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like we were just talking. About it. <laughs> okay, cost blogs. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is for me. That's, that's, that's a blog that I think just every client should have. And... Um, that's a blog that I think every remodeler should have and quickly. <laughs> Cost, just... process, timeline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In Start that there. order. In that order. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because usually for every cost blog, you're going to pair it with a timeline blog so that they have like as much information as possible about a, about a specific project. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, just, and just bagging up for a moment, think about the most common reasons that you're disqualifying your leads cost or timeline it's one of those two things um what is your favorite type of blog to write Ooh, that's a good question um probably the trends the trends kind of offer me more of an opportunity to use like creative language you know to use what they call like embroidered language those are those can be kind of fun and then you also get to sort of paint the picture for the reader so you can you know essentially design a room in your head and just you know say it in words so that that can be kind of fun it's a bit more creative than some of the other more technical stuff but i also really like the research heavy things um so writing about tax credits for energy efficiency building um writing about local ordinances i'm kind of a really big research nerd so those you know, allow me to learn more about the industry and about really specific niche topics that a lot of people might not know about. Um, and then put it in a, like, you know, like I said before, like a nice little neat package that makes it readable. So it's the, it's a pretty big spectrum of polar opposites of what I like to write about. Yeah. And I can vouch for the fact that that is definitely Charlie's niche, uh, writing research heavy stuff because Charlie, we talk about this every once in a while, but, um, the best performing blog for, one of my remodelers uh, is one that you wrote about the cost of land. And it, if you look it up on Google in that specific area, it's still the number one ranking blog. Mm -hmm. And I expect it's gonna stay there for a while. Okay, what do you think is the biggest challenge of writing in the voice of a remodeler? Hmm. Um. I feel I like I feel like this is a job interview. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I'm having you already have the job. For sure. 
definitely flashbacks <laughs> are happening, um, which is funny because you interviewed me. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know if this directly answers your question, but it sort of tangentially answers your question. Um, some of those top of the funnel blogs that are about sort of hotspots in the area, you know, like top country clubs in New Jersey and um, top restaurants in Seattle, things like that. Those you have to really understand more about the language, the culture, um, what people value specific to that area. So it's more sort of um, nuanced and kind of diving into like who those people are as opposed to like what they would mm. spend money on or you know what they would what like more uh tactile things it's much more personality driven things and so that's i feel like that's kind of challenging that's what makes those blogs take longer than maybe other types of blogs yeah and and we we work for remodelers all over the country and even outside of the country and there's just so much variety. There's so much difference between someone who's looking to build a home or remodel their home in Toronto versus where I am here in Colorado, for example. So yeah, that's a very good point. Well, lastly, Charlie, uh, before we wrap up, what do you think is just a big takeaway that you hope uh, the listeners get about writing blogs? Your biggest piece of advice or thing that we didn't talk about that you wish we did? I think I'd rather reiterate um, kind of what we talked about in the beginning is just how much goes into like the background of building the blog, you know, how much preparation and thoughtfulness and um, like really studying the content that we're going to write about. Um, and so getting as much information as we can, like about the client or what they find important. And then also, you know, the tools that we have at our disposal to write these things like those that's probably the part that I would want, you know, listeners to know is kind of like the biggest chunk of our time that goes into these things, making them really important. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Charlie, for being on the show. Um, Danielle, I think you have something to talk about before we wrap up. Yeah, if you like what you heard, folks, and I'm willing to bet everyone did. And if you would like someone, one of our writers, someone like Charlie, maybe even Charlie specifically, to help rewrite or revisit some of your website content, check us out at builderfunnel.com. Contact us. You can get an entire website redesign with fresh content and the right architecture, all the ABCs of website SEO that matters right now. It will be beautiful, but also performance-driven it will sound like you. It will actually have real marketing content and copy, copy being the more like sales-driven pages. And it will help you generate more leads. It will help you grow your business. So if you are looking to have a new website, whether that's in Q2, Q3, Q4, or maybe even in 2024, hit us up because Charlie is one of our, what we call the foundation because your website is the foundation of your sales and marketing. They're one of our main foundation writers at the moment. So super excited to have you on the show, Charlie. It's so great to be able to share your brain with people outside of Builder Funnel. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Matt, go ahead and cue the music. 
I think the biggest takeaway from this episode is just if you're not already creating blogs for your website, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? doing? What are you doing? Like, what are you even doing? What, what are you doing? What's even the point? What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. What are you? Get out of here. What Stop listening. Go write a blog. What are you doing?